as humans. Hello. Hi, Josh. Pros. Hi, Ellie. Uh, we wanted to take a moment, um, pre-letting you listen to this episode, <laughs> uh, to let you know that there are so- this this is another episode that is mid-paragraphian. Wow. Where are you? <laughs> Where where we start? Mid- you said you made up a word for it. All you did was add "en" to it. Yeah, that's making up a word. No, that's sort of like languageizing it. Whoa. See what I did Whoa. there? You just all you did was add eyes to it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. this is a this is another episode just like last week that starts in the middle of the paragraph. Yep. Um. Ellie had some feedback when we were listening to the pre... I don't know what the heck it is. Uh, when we were doing QA on the episode. When we were QA When it, it was in the can. Yep. Um, where she felt like it was maybe a little too entertaining and light on no. the... Oh. Yeah. Um, now nobody's going to think it's funny. No, it's going to be that. hilarious. We think it's hilarious. We think it's hilarious. Hopefully you do too. Um, but... I feel like Jeff is throughout this whole episode showing what he means by fake it till you make it where he's faking it through the episode where you just improvise in situations in mm-hmm. um, I'll let him discuss it in his own words. Cause he's, he's very good at, at um, he's very good at presenting his ideas. I mm-hmm. feel like mm-hmm. so in an entertaining way in a very entertaining way uh so you've got some surprises uh thank you to all of our subscribers um we are constantly awed by how well the show is being received um so thank you and thank you for all of your feedback well i mean it's not a total surprise it's a pretty good show it's pretty pretty good yeah yeah, I'd, I'd well, say Well, we that. just spent the last couple of hours talking to Linda Brandt from Lean In mm-hmm. here in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And sh- one of her, uh, one of the things we talked about is taking credit for shit that you do that's awesome. So Kay. I'm just in that mode right now. But we don't want to be those guys that are like, this is the greatest show ever. Because I'm the coolest. Yep. No. No. Nope. There's no nope. cool guy guns. Nope. No cool guy guns. Well, I, I sometimes do it just to be funny, but. Uh, but we are really grateful for the continued feedback mm-hmm. and support yes. for this project. And we want to know how many people you think you can get to join our Facebook group. And how many people you think you can get to subscribe to our podcast. Because <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> um, anyway, we... W- uh, are going to now cut over to our discussion with El Jefe. Yep. The El Jefe. The El Jefe. Which is the the Jefe. Yeah. And uh, let's three, two, one, go to the show. It'd be really funny is if we had some stuff that was like redacted. <laughs> like, I'm thinking like in Kill Bill, because I recently watched that again, like when I say certain names, if you've made like a, a funny sound. And then it's never revealed like something like Beatrice Kiddo Maybe or something like that. Maybe it could just be Godzilla. Yeah, Did could you be something like that. that. Uh, that one where Dobby just, we, I had to stop. Stop saying his name. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna, okay. you can't say his name. Okay. You're gonna don't get him invoke, out. Get him he who cannot be named. <laughs> he who don't must be not be named. <laughs> He's it, yes. Did you start? Are you guys yeah. Okay. Are we going already? This is like Nerdist. You guys have been recording this whole time? Yeah. But since I walked we're not gonna, in, we're not going to include that. Kitchen stuff? No. No, I wish. Why I was you like, get kitchen? Your kitchen stuff is your whiskey. Yeah. I gave you stuff from the yeah, kitchen. You did get sure kitchen I didn't say anything. Uh, what? I was, I was saying stuff about... We didn't record the kitchen stuff. Okay. We're recording right now? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This I thought a... you meant, do I get kitchen stuff? Like, is there a gift? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is, is your gift. gift. Oh, yeah. Do I get kitchen uh, I have my eye on that egg beater. <laughs> you, <can laughs> I was just, you know, I just wanted to whisk something up. Whatever uh, you want. <laughs> no, I thought you were recording, like, I don't know, the whole time I walked in the no, house. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Ever since. Like, we are recording the house 100% of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so any of this could be used. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah, you're on the record right now. It's in Minnesota, though, so only one party needs to know. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, honestly, this is, that is one of my initial. Well, one, I'll let you do your thing first, your intro, and then I'll no, tell go you. Ahead, I'll tell you my, my, my fears. We don't really have an intro. We record the intro. Yeah, on, we basically just go. So let's separately. get started. So, so let's get started. It's like this is a podcast about work, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you you know, you don't want to. You know, anyone could hear it. You know, this is where I might ask you to bleep a name or something. Mm-hmm. Right? This is where it could be. You know, you could get in trouble unless if we're talking about current employers and stuff like that. Yeah, depends like on how much kitchen forward. time I had before I sat down here, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but we didn't record that, so yeah. just know that you're on the record. Yeah, right? No, but I brought the egg beater with me. So. <laughs> you mean to smack talk? Just wait till we hit stop. Uh, okay, so you're Jeff Kamen. I am. And your job title is senior producer of performance programs at NPR. Yeah. Um, it's really long. This title is really right. long. Right. And what are performance programs? It also programs says live are. events and UBS at the Fitz. I know what UBS and the Fitz are because I've been to those two yeah. lovely places. But what do you, what is, what do, you do? Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, you don't need to say all of that. It's funny now because uh, we have new co-directors. And so many people in the company just refer to us as events. You're just your, your events. events. Yeah, and that actually seems really it's accurate. Just, he's an events guy. It is. No, it is. Although I think I, I think I, I, I railed against that for a really long time. Yeah. I've been there for now almost five years, mm-hmm. and uh, like the first seven, nine months or so, I was freelance, and I was trying to once I liked it, turn it into a full time job. But basically, I so you wanted it to be a job with a title, not just events. <laughs> when you take well, I did, well, the funny thing is that so the original the original director who I was working for at the time, he uh, had a flair for alliteration. He always loved so performance programs, you know. Um, and before it was like content and convening. Uh, I don't, you know. Is this- what? Yeah, <laughs> redacted. <laughs> Beatrix Kiddo. <laughs> he doesn't listen to podcasts. Actually, I'm not worried about it. I love Tony Ball. There's nothing against Tony Ball. He'd be the first to tell you, though. He, he would always, he loves alliteration. Yeah, it didn't so, seem like an offense. So Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, so performance programs, I mean, it looked funny on a card, and sometimes you, you'd have to explain it, and most of the other 400-some people at um, APM NPR would be like, you're in events, right? Yeah, sure, I'm in events. Yeah. And, you know, just to them, you want to admit it, it's events. But I think I didn't like events it because... excitement. Well, here's the thing. Because that's I, an alliteration. But see, surprise and delight is what we were looking for, but there's not enough alliteration there. Sure. Uh, I think that I had something against being it being called events because I guess it reminded me of an earlier job I had where I was basically a uh, a clown to entertain at birthday parties, oh, you know? Events. It's like, you know, events, yeah. it, does, it has, I think... It, it could have a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Although I think that what we've seen more recently is that more and more uh, companies in this sort of digital age are realizing that they need engaging events to actually get face to face with people and to you know and just to get you up from your screen you know mm-hmm. and to meet people and to and to maybe actually have a a, a, a more real connection. So I I would say events maybe doesn't have the stigma that I thought it had originally and I didn't maybe want my you know big NPR job to be events because it sounded like I was going to be doing catering and no, no, no offense see, against I, catering you know what I mean but I had a job a role called events as well at Borders Books and it meant that I got to be the one that took care of the authors when yeah, they came right and I also got to paint the windows at the holidays yeah which I was crap at well see and I think if, if events here's a events and entertainment you know, I, I, I would like entertainment in the title. I, I frequently would refer to myself before the NPR job as just uh, I work in entertainment or I'm an entertainer, like whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Whether it's putting on a Spider-Man costume at a kid's birthday party, which I did in L.A., or, you know, being on stage or running a book club, you know, sure. that, that sort of a thing. Right. So, um, so the performance programs, yeah, it's essentially it's live <laughs> events. And a lot of what I do is I am the producer for live shows at the Fitzgerald Theater, the UBS Forum, and then other venues around town that NPR either broadcasts live or records and airs later. Nice. And recently my, my position has changed to um, uh, be more specifically about news. So I do you NPR. You didn't change your LinkedIn yet. I didn't, I didn't change my LinkedIn yet because we've only recently switched this in, in this year um, with a new hire and we're looking for someone else for a different role too. In this year? 
2016? 2016. Yeah, it's 2016. It is 2016. We're in the second year of our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) What number number episode is this? Or what guest am I? I think this is... You're 16. Oh my god. I did not make the top 15. Are you counting the one where it's just the two of you? (laughs) You are doing like what's coming up? If you promote this episode, (laughs) you could win 2016 for the number of listens. Oh, I thought you were going to say (laughs) (laughs) $2,016. Like, yes, I'm a strong Uh, We'd need to raise $2,016. I would be happy to be your most listened to podcast in 2016. You should make it. I'm just saying, your episode. Your episode sweet 16. Okay, there you go, there you go. (laughs) So I'm able to drive. Uh, (laughs) That's good, it's good to know. So, yeah, so now I'm focusing more on news and and talk-related shows and also national tours. So if it's something from national public radio, such as Ira Glass is coming to town. So I'm working on Whatever. Ira Glass. What? Yeah, well, I mean, did I just drop that? You can believe that, too. <laughs> but between me, it was Ira Glass. Um, so it's stuff like that, which is pretty cool. The one thing that I, I'm losing a little bit of my Call connection to... Tell me when it's Peter, Peter Sagal. When it's, we recently had him in town, yeah. yeah um, he'll, he'll be back, he'll be back. Um, I had a, I got a Peter Sagal story for you. Okay. If you want to just bleep out a whole thing. Well, no, we can uh, wait till the last time, so um, the last time he was in town, for Wait, Wait, live. I, he gave himself a black eye. Yes. It was amazing, I was there, and I was like, Do you remember? How, Holy crap, this is long. And they he take, left his sunglasses yeah. on the whole time. He wouldn't take them off, even in dark Solera for the after uh, VIP reception. Well, I didn't get to go to the VIP. Well, he looked just like uh, Coulson from Avengers, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I told him so. And I was feeling like telling everyone who they looked like. I also told Mo Rocca that he was rocking a King, uh, a King Schultz look from uh, from da- Django Unchained, which is, uh, uh, you know, um, what's his name? The uh, actor I love. You know, the... Uh, Christoph Waltz. I was like, you look just like, and I don't think he got that or mm-hmm. liked it as much as Wasn't the Marvel. Well, Django well, Unchained is making it a little bit less, yeah. uh, <laughs> less culturally was, <laughs> agreed upon. Was Peter Sagal into the Coulson reference? He was. The funny thing is he would not take those off for anything, and we had to literally guide him as though he were like blinded um, into a dark reception area and kind of like help walk him to up to people and they were and he kind of stood in one spot because uh, he didn't want photos of it looked pretty bad it was a big big black guy yeah but he was a super nice guy super he's it was a awesome show but I was taken Love aback by how very long the recording was it I, is. Well, I they was do a lot of expecting it to be a half an hour, just like the show. Yeah, but they do like the radio retakes. No, it was like stuff. four. Well, like you know, four hours. You know, from being at Wits all the time, that that records way long. Yeah, but I didn't do the math on okay. it, and I was like, wow, I feel like this has been yeah. quite a night. Yeah. It was awesome though. It was my, it, it was. was my favorite favorite show. It's a great show. Wait, wait, don't tell. Yeah. Me. yeah. It is a really great show. So yeah, so um, producing live shows, mostly the news and talk related things. I work a lot now with uh, Tom Weber. Uh, on a show called Broadcast Journalist Series. Mm-hmm. That's where we bring in journalists from around the country for a residency, and we do a live oh. event at St. Thomas that's open to the public. It's recorded, it airs during his show, and then we do uh, an event at the Minneapolis Club for like major donors and other community groups. And um, I've been, now I'm actually working with Carrie Miller on talking volumes and the thread and book events for the thread. So cool. uh, a bunch of new stuff will be coming from that. I'm looking forward to what we can do um, for book related things. I love working with Stephanie Curtis uh, over there on that team too. She's so. the movie maven? She is the movie maven, yes. It's, uh, it's kind of funny. There's a lot of fun little um, sort of, um, I would say, like titles like that and cool jobs at NPR that aren't the person's main job, mm-hmm. but it's like a side thing that they can do. You're sort of allowed to explore and become, and I'm, I don't know if, if I have mine yet. I kind of feel like mine is still outside of NPR, but maybe with the thread and some book thing, there'll be mm-hmm. something where yeah. I can become, I don't know, the book boy or something. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Hey guys, what are you reading? It's <laughs> book boy here. Book you know, it <laughs> not have to be all like middle grade stuff. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay, so I did a, a, a little bit of reading up on this topic which we will transition from okay. from your job to this topic and the topic is fake it till you make it yeah. um, but it's interesting because uh, 
I provided you with a list of topic ideas because I felt like there were about a million things we could talk about. I pared yeah. it down to just a few that I gave to you. And you yeah. chose two things that were appealing to you um, that are very different from each other. Yeah. Fake it till you make it yeah. and bringing your real self to work. And you were like, yeah, I want to talk about both of those things. I'm like, okay. You think they're very different from each other? I do. I think they're very different from each other. And so when I was reading up about this... Um, you know, fake it till you make it, they're very, um, uh, people, it's controversial. People are either like totally into it or super against it. Like you should never do that. And I, I realized the more I read and the more I explored about the topic that really the, the people that, um, that are, that are against it and the people that are for it are talking about it from two different perspectives. Yeah. So there's the people who are, who are saying fake it till you, you make it is for yourself. Mm -hmm. And then there are the people yeah. who say fake it till you make it is for everyone else. And so that seems to be kind of the line between that people draw yeah. between, you know, whether they recommend it or or don't. So I guess I'm kind of wondering like um where do you fall in that? Like where Well, you know, who's it for? Uh I think it starts within and then there actually can still be an external um sort of version of that in the sense that if I, if I feel that, you know, it, it's more of like a confidence thing, right? So if, right. if you're, if you're thinking of yourself, well, I have to fake it till I make it, you're just kind of, you know, you're needing to give yourself that pep talk. You, right. you, you're just giving yourself that, that, uh, you know, I can do this, you know, um, and if I, if I believe I can do it, then it'll shine through and, um, and as long as, you know, it. yeah, it, my outward appearance will be as though I'm confident, I'm in control and, you know, I don't show any sort of hesitation, doubt. There's no reason to doubt that, that I can do what I say I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, that that's where those two can come together. Now, as far as, um, I think if someone on the outside thinks like, oh, this person has fake their way into something or they're, you know, or, mm -hmm. or they, they shouldn't be here, but somehow they, you know, it, when I used to work in, in Hollywood and entertainment, there was this sort of idea of everyone fails upwards, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, it seems like someone would get fired or cut from some project, but then whatever the next thing they did was bigger because it was almost as though there wasn't any, like any sort of bad press they may have gotten from that or people saying, oh, I can't believe that they cut this person from that. It just drew more attention to, well, what else were they doing? Maybe there's some reason, you know, mm -hmm. they were working with right. this person. You know, these are all creative types. Maybe there's types something and, there. Yeah. And so you sort of move to that next level, uh, just kind of use that as a springboard, even if it was that you were fired, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, or cut from some sort of project. Um, I guess I, when I think of uh, I was not looking for the NPR job. Uh, I feel like it, it totally, it's a pretty funny story how it happened. Um, I, <laughs> I was, it was, it was just the right place at the right time. It's that whole, you know, being, being ready for something when the opportunity arises, you know, yeah. it's, it's that not necessarily luck, but that always like, well, being ready when it presents itself and then and being able to best. understand yeah. that it, an opportunity is actually happening yeah. <laughs> and to capitalize we, on we it sometimes don't see that um i don't want to bore you if you've heard it before ellie but what happened was it was right so uh, my wife was working in advertising and then design and she was the uh work in the office all day i was the at home with the two young boys mm -hmm. and I was basically the I never call it a stay at home but I call it a work at home dad you know when I was doing some freelance stuff and some part-time stuff and I was doing books and bars uh, well one day um, right around the time where Rachel was getting my wife was getting pretty uh, done with the day job and I think was feeling like she wanted more time with the kids and I was also like I'm ready to you know I'm ready, ready to, to not be the out. only boy at the you know the only man at the park in the middle of the day kind of thing this was you know a few years ago mm -hmm. things have changed fortunately um, so as she goes in for an interview for a temp job at NPR she runs into a friend of ours. That friend introduces her to the director of the events or performance programs department sure. and he goes why do I know that name? He's like, and then the other woman said, oh, he does that thing, books and bars, that I, and he's like, oh, have your husband give me a call. I've been meeting to talk to him. <laughs> so Rachel comes home, she goes, well, I don't think I got a job, but you might have. And she just slides the card over to me, and I was like, what? And she goes, this guy wants you to call him. He was like, said he was meaning to do it, 
And it, you know, and this was the reminder. And, and so I called them up and next thing you know, the first thing I did was working on wits. Actually, I was doing social media right, and doing like that. the pre tweet up pre party kind of thing. on mm -hmm. wits. So I remember the tweet up. Yeah, I was in the tweet up. I was accepted into the tweet up because I'm a good tweeter. You were, you were, you were probably personally invited by me. I'm I was. a mediocre a tweeter. tweeter, but I still got in. I feel like I, I'm, I was a better tweeter at that time than I am now. Yeah, really as well. Yeah. You're tweeting about me has or about yourself? No, about me. Oh, okay. like I, I feel like I'm the same. Yeah, you I'm guys, not. If you want to get a ton of, I listens, used to have more know. time. Yeah. I'm super good at tweeting from we professional humans, but okay. tweet about the show. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but I mean, I have a hard time going. Oh, this thing would be fun for me to share with my Twitter. Yeah. Friends. Okay, so so this is uh, back to the story. Yeah. This is interesting <laughs> to hear this part of it because I've uh, you know I've heard parts of it and when I first met you it was from Books and Bars it was from Lisa Terrell. Yes. Actually, I was and thinking we, about that today when you were. Yeah. Funny, we were in the um, Mom's Dinner Club, which from early childhood classes, which I got kicked out of. You got kicked out of ECFE. Uh, no, <laughs> I got kicked out of Mom's Dinner Club. Okay. Um, you were too demanding. I was too weird, I guess. But this was like a West Suburban kind of yeah, club, right? So yeah. You didn't but there's a couple people, and Lisa was one of them, that, that were never like, I never thought you were too yeah. weird. It's those other moms that thought you were too weird. Yeah, so Lisa I got kicked out of the connected club. us online, yeah, yeah. and you were, you were can we, we can redact this Lodely Sparkman. Right? Yeah, we don't yeah. have to redact. Okay. That's who I am. No, but I just, yeah. I just, it's yeah. a bit. <laughs> I really gotta get the sound effect. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what sound effect that Josh puts in here. Yeah, so Lisa introduced me, and, and I went to a books and bars, and I'm like, man, this guy has the life. Like, this guy has his shit together. This is awesome. He's confident. He's got this thing. Like, this life, so great. And then when you started going through this, the transition, you know, like job transition, you going into the workforce, Rachel, kind of changing, right. like the way she was working and when and how, uh, you know, it seemed really difficult. I was like, oh, so like, what's the real story, you know, behind it? And how did you have to fake it? It, when you first started at NPR, like, is that how you, well, I, you were, this topic was appealing to you? Uh, part of it in the sense that I, I was concerned that I had a sort of a resume gap. It was that mm -hmm. I hadn't done mm -hmm. a job like that in a while, but I guess what I didn't realize was in what they, in what that um, department director liked at the time was that I actually was, like, I guess I wasn't fully selling what I was doing with literary events sure. and books and bars until I realized that someone else at a place that I admired for their, you know, their work and for their mission and stuff, NPR was actually looking at it and saying, oh, that's great. We'd like you to do stuff seeing like that. Seeing what I was seeing, like, man, that guy has it all together. That's awesome. Yeah. And I looked at it as, you know, oh, this is like, a, I need a social outlet. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm getting to use a little bit of the skills that I had from doing like improv uh, out in LA. Uh, I like being able to interact with the people. I like reading books. It was like combining a bunch of passions, but it wasn't, I was like, I can't support my family with this though. You know, it wasn't enough. It was, mm -hmm. and at the time, especially um, when it started out, it was, I was the last person to get anything financially from books and bars. Mm -hmm. I, that was like the last piece of the puzzle. This is like all my projects. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, it was, you know, there, it was a total money? passion. Why do people make money at this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The tough part is though, but it was at the time at which, you know, at a certain point I was like, well, you know, the, the amount of time it was starting to take up and when I looked around and saw others were making money from it, I, I kind of just found a way to, to tweak it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I, I guess the, um, the confidence was was there, but the, but the going back to an office, which even though it's half the time I'm at the theater, you know, or another venue, but there's office hours, you know, there's the whole culture of you know putting someone's stapler in the jello, you know, and, and what? <laughs> but you know, there, there's that. Uh, uh, Don't tell. <laughs> People at my job that there's a thing called stapler in the jello. No, that's just that's just totally lifted from the from the show, The Office. But okay. I actually missed some of that. So I think I missed that along with that camaraderie of um, being, you know, being a a, a stay-at-home parent, a work-at-home parent. 
than to go back into an office with like a bunch of people in a pretty big place, yeah. bigger yeah. than a lot of places I've worked. I mean, prior to that, uh, one of the bigger places I'd worked was an advertising agency, Shia Day, out in Los Angeles, which, and they have locations elsewhere, but, yeah. um, but I hadn't done a big place like that in a while. I'd worked at a lot of smaller, like creative type places mm -hmm. and stuff, or done freelance. And so it, it was that getting, I think, worried that, uh, you know, if, if, if it didn't land, with me at the right time for somebody saying, oh, call me, you know, I'm interested in having you come in and talk. I don't know how I would have, like how long it would have taken me to find that next step. Sure. And I don't know if I would have just like <clears throat> sent letters to, you know, NPR or something or, or tried to get in there. Uh, but I feel like it's one of the best places for me that I could be in the Twin Cities. Like it's a, it is a good fit mm -hmm. and it, it feels, you know, it's great, but like it's hard to imagine so much how the, I got here. So, so many of the dream jobs of people we've talked to are like, it just, it just appeared. Yeah. And I recognized it for what it was. Yeah, yeah, and I feel bad when people are like, how do you get in there? Or how did you get that job and stuff? And I feel like, you know, like, just, here's it, the story. The but you had already, <laughs> yeah, you had yeah. already prepared the stage for that, though, with all the work you had put into right. books and bars and your networking and that sort of thing. It's, it's like that Seneca quote, Luck is just when opportunity meets preparation. Or that's what I was looking. So, that's what yeah. I was trying to say before. Thank you, but yeah. the, the egg beater got in the way. So, um. Okay, so one of um, one of my favorite podcasts is the Lean Startup podcast, which okay. are kind of like more like businessy product yeah. management kind of stuff. Um, but one of there, there's actually one specific episode of Lean Startup podcast that I listen to over and over. Okay which probably is TMI, um, but it's called Leadership, Uncertainty, and Self-Deception. And it's, um, the speaker is Dan Milstein, and he's talking about, um, you know, as a, as a founder or a leader of a startup or an organization or a project or anything, you can um, make the numbers look like any story that you want to tell, which is super interesting because so many startup founders just, you know, because they're trying to say, look how great this thing is, give us more money, and they're, yeah. they're constantly, you know, seeking venture capital and, you know, whatever, and more users, that they're constantly trying to paint the story of how great they're, how great things are going. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's actually the most detrimental thing that you can do as a leader is to lie about what's happening or to, to like distort the numbers into, into um, the story that you want to tell without, mm -hmm. you know, looking at the real numbers and figuring out the real shit. And like, you can really mess things up that way by deceiving yourself. So I think that's kind of um, the other side of the coin is fake it till you make it is actually really unhealthy because what if you don't know how to know if you're not right. making it? Like, yeah. how do you know when to pivot or do something better or do the right thing if you're not, uh, in the other topic, bringing your real self to work or, like, looking at the real thing, so looking can you, at the real shit? Well, I'm, I'm wondering, why do you think it's so different, the, the bringing your real self to work? Because if you're faking something, then maybe you're not bringing your real self to work? Or are you saying... I just feel saying, like, I, I don't know, I guess I just I've think I've never met a single person in my entire life that has brought their entire self to work. Yeah, yeah we and, maybe don't want that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I still feel like uh, for the longest time, I actually, uh, it was interesting because what I thought that they hired me for, they asked me to kind of hide it under a bushel, if you will. It was very much <laughs> like... Like a uh, secret? Well, yes, it was... Do we have to redact we, this? We already, well, we already have enough. No, because now I can tell you where we are now. Oh. So it was, we already have enough kind of book stuff here. So, like, you can't just come in and do, like, your same thing here. You can't be okay? book boy. Yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> uh, until now, there's this uh, idea of the thread, and there's maybe a space for some, some new book stuff. Mm -hmm. So maybe something will fit there. But as far as my real self, it, it's... I mean, if it's just a personality thing to start with, I mean, once I'm comfortable, we have a pretty small team, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. they probably would describe me as <laughs> the least serious person of the group, <laughs> you know? I mean, if, I, if I'm comfortable enough with somebody, that really I'm surprises real self, you. yeah, and I'm not, you know, and, I'm, I'm, and I just, I like to keep it fun, I like to get along with a group of people and stuff, and, and um, I keep it light on that level and not you know, make it all about, I mean, 
it's hard work, but we have to have ways to release that tension and to make it mm -hmm. fun and bearable for everybody, especially if you're asking people to work nights and weekends and stuff like that away from maybe something else they'd want to do mm -hmm. and with normal times that people are socializing we're like putting on the fun thing that we're wanting them to come socialize with that right. sort of thing. everybody else is out but we're at work right kind of a yeah mm -hmm. so if anything the, the funny thing is the job and i don't know if it's just also a life stage it's made me uh, a less social person in my personal life Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I'm in some ways paid to be on or to put on a show. Right. Or, um, and, it, and books of ours did this too, but I so look forward to a night in, which is the family, mm -hmm. and watching a movie or something. Yeah. And, and, and the idea of going out when it's cold on a weeknight or something, I'm like, uh, you know, I don't need I have that. the same thing because I used to have to be, I would go out and network and be yeah. at events and things and that's how I had work when I was self-employed or ran my own business that's how I that's how I paid rent yeah. <laughs> so as soon as a check started being deposited into my account automatically yeah. uh, on a recurring schedule I was like I'm not going out there <laughs> I am just fine right here on the couch so yeah it's... I kind of became a hermit after that yeah, and I think that... Uh, you might have noticed, we haven't hung out for a we while. We haven't, we haven't. But I think, like, you, you also don't go to as many shows anymore, right? I Cause, don't. Because I Cause feel it's like... it's past my bedtime. Yeah, and, and even though... I'm, so I'm, I'm kind of segueing away from music a little bit, although one of the things I'm excited about with my current job is um, I'm the film programmer, and we brought films back to yeah. the Fitz. So we're showing, like... We went to Elf. Yeah, wasn't it fun? It was yeah, really it was fun. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and then you see Prairie Fire, Lady Choir, and so you, yeah, you, cool. you mix it with a band. So I'm still getting some of the music in there, and uh, it's fun because it kind of takes that idea of like what you might get in music and movies in, in the park, you yeah, know, but like in the winter, yep. bring it inside, make it something, you know, fun and interactive, and we have a whole season planned coming up with some really cool stuff. And, and it's a real passion of mine. I mean, it's why I, I moved out to uh, L.A. Uh, before I was here and wanted to work in film and stuff. So I really like that. And I, I will still have some connection to music there. But I figured at a certain point, I was like, I, you know, I'm booking shows like for the current. And it's like, if we want to see a band, then we just, we'll pay them. Just you know go to the studio. And, uh, just, yeah, I'll be, guess what? They're going to come here. And, and so I was like, the thought of someone like, oh, you're going to put you on the list for First Avenue. I'm like, I don't want to stand around at First Avenue. On like a all the regular night. people are you know there. What I mean? Well, it's like, uh, it's just too late. And yeah, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably am really sounding super old, but at a certain point, it also became, no, that's what job, my job was though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we would yeah. put up a great band at the Fitz, and then it was like, well, unless it's work, um, you know, it's kind of like when you work in that thing you love, sometimes you almost don't want to do it in your personal life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or you, you might love it less. Well, I stopped going to shows more when I stopped booking venues. So, like, when I was booking venues more, it was like, I didn't really have to do any work at the show because all of my work was everything except that part of yeah <laughs> except that part of it. But I, you know, I would swing by and, and check in and say hi to the band and get free drinks, get free dinner, because I work there, yeah. and get to get the best spot in the house to see the show from, and you know, like this, this whole other experience that you don't get to have when you're just a normal right. person like I am now. So I'm like, I don't know, it's not really worth it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because- <laughs> So we, we're very selective now. Yeah, we are. Uh, I mean, uh, what was the last show you went to? It was the outside thing, Father John Misty. No, we've been to a show since then. I don't remember though. You don't either. I don't, but I know we did. I don't like, think we did. It's like a bunch of my friends went to see the Jayhawks the other night, and they couldn't believe oh, that it wasn't the going. New, hall, new standards. Yeah. And I, I went like, to that too. Did you go to the matinee? No. So I work a couple blocks from the Pantages Theater, and they were doing a show in the afternoon one day. And Those I, are usually called matinees. Okay. <laughs> there is, yeah. And they said, can you come down while we're on our break and do a photo shoot? And I was like, sure. So I brought my camera to work and went down and took pictures of them for like 15 minutes for their new promo stuff. So all the new, new standards yeah. photos. I took those. Awesome. And the new, put, new standards. The new, new standards yeah. photos. Well, they hadn't had their picture taken for a while. So did you get a free soundtrack? So I, no. So yeah. I got, to, so Josh and I were on the guest list for the holiday show. Awesome. Which was and it was in conjunction with NPR and The Current, so yeah, mm -hmm. I got to bring my family to the matinee, which was nice. fun. And, 
And, uh, and Dan nice Wilson was there. And he was great. Yep. Those new songs were awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that's, so that was a good show. But see, now that was work-related for me because, you know, like I put on the list and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like I had friends, went to see one of my old favorite bands, Jayhawks. But I was like, I just didn't feel like, I don't know. Like I've seen them a bunch and yeah. just didn't, you know. And hey, I still love the Jayhawks. But guys, I just didn't want to go out to First Avenue. Yeah, it was cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's a weird question. Um, oh, I love them. I love weird ones. Would you be willing to sing Fake It Till You Make It to the tune of Take It to the Limit by the Eagles? You didn't know I was going to make you sing. No. You don't have to sing. Um, okay. no, I, but every I, time I, I say Fake yeah. It Till You Make uh, It, I get Take It to the Limit in my head. Yeah. It just, I'm just trying to, I'm actually just trying to work that melody right now, and I was just going to bust into it with that. Um, yeah. Fake it till you make it <laughs> one more time. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> do that myself because I'm not a singer. You can feel free to bleep that whole <laughs> Fake it till you make it. That's probably one not going to get redacted. Okay. I just want to no, let you fine. know. We have one more question before the random question jar. Okay. The question is, what advice do you have? What things are okay to fake for mm-hmm. youngsters or other professional yeah. humans out there? Yeah. People uh, who are trying to figure this out. Well, I do believe that the uh, the whole confidence thing, the, I have this improv background, and for me, the number one thing I take from that and use in like an office job or any sort of business here is this idea of you can put me in any situation and, oh, really? Okay, hand me something to read or say or don't hand me something. I'll just make it up, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And as long as I have a general awareness of what is going on in the situation, I can read a room and, and just get up and be myself and, and do or say something um, mm-hmm. in any sort of situation. Uh, what I hate is when you have certain skills that people think are really ap- ap- applicable to things that you don't want to do. Have you ever had that where yeah. people are like, you would be great in sales. I'm like, oh, I don't really, you know, I've I tried sales and I don't really want to do sales, but you would be so good at it. But if I don't want to do it though, like if I don't have a passion for it, I don't think I would be as good because like when I've tried it, like some of my first jobs uh, were in sales and you know, even when I first moved here, I uh, did like ad sales for City mm-hmm. Pages and stuff. And I loved City Pages. I thought it was really cool to be there, but I got in there and it was like, I, but I didn't want to be doing ad sales. Mm-hmm. I wanted to either be like writing about music and movies and like, you know, going to shows or, mm-hmm. you know, culture or something, but I didn't want to do that. And they're like, oh, but you know, you, you're so personable and you have this and that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but what else can I do with that? that so what they're asking they're like, for is that they want someone like you to be the person that sells them stuff instead of the people who actually are selling them stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you have to have it as right. a job. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do think that there's nothing wrong with with fake it till you make it. I think that it's something that can really help you as far as just giving you that internal confidence that then will be shown to other people. I'm not saying to the point where you're lying, where you're the president of the company and then you're you're faking your stats because then, yeah, you should be honest and you should be, you know, I mean, look at NPR. We're always asking for more support yep. mm-hmm. you know yep. we're honest about that we could use more um member listener support mm-hmm. uh and if we made it sound like everything was okay and and it wasn't then we wouldn't you get, wouldn't get you know, new, we wouldn't get uh new members like that so i don't know did that answer the question i don't know did we did was this work related enough yeah i think so i think it was as work related as we get okay for me to answer your question to us yeah it is phone customer support i hate it yeah. I absolutely hate talking on the phone. You know this. I think yeah. my family has I gotten the clue. On the phone. I hate talking yeah. on the phone with a passion. I do too. But I'm good at it. Like I'm good at reading yeah. the other end of the line and in support it's very important to know like how the other person's feeling or yeah. whatever when you're in a conference call with team of text and I can go into whatever call in whatever temperature and just wait in and figure stuff out. So they like me being on calls, but I can't stand. I can't. But you do it all day long. I do it all the time. I actually uh, am on the phone all day long too, and I just realized that for the first time. Really? Like like I hate being on the phone, but I don't really think, when I do, um, I do conference calls all day long, but I just think of them as, that's just the method. It's just a meeting. That's just, it's a meeting. But and it that, has to be on the phone. That's just the barrier because we yeah. don't live in the same state or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. And it's different. Well, that's that different sense. than, I mean, that's different than, yeah. you know, cold calling or, you know, being on the phone yeah. with just calling maybe an agent or a manager mm-hmm. you've never spoken to before. Yeah, totally different. That sort of thing. I don't, I don't like phone stuff either. I mean, I feel like we've gotten to the point where so many people don't, though. Like, we've, <laughs> I mean, you call mm-hmm. someone's voicemail and their messages, uh, instead of leaving a message, send me a text. Yeah. I heard that, I don't know, someone's message the other yeah. day was, instead of leaving a message, it was like, if you know the number, you can just send a text. Like, yeah. why would you leave a voicemail? <laughs> you know this, this is point. a mobile yeah, phone, just was, send a text. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I will get to you infinitely faster yeah. if you just text me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's true. I mean, you know, so much faster than email, and I mean, it seems like a much more urgent thing for anyone. Um, any work-related text instantly it kind of elevates it there are right. like communication barriers where there's certain people where you're like i need to talk to you yeah i just need to <laughs> we need to talk with our voices vehicle. because we're not going to get through this yeah in the same way or it could be we could spend a whole day composing emails to each other or we could just talk for five minutes and get to the bottom of it like, right and it's unfortunately in that way i think that we were in a culture at, at my company where there's a little too much of the um long email chain with way too many people on it and reply alls and then it would be so much better if someone just got a couple people in front of each other and just Mm -hmm. talked it out Mm -hmm. um yeah we had a meeting today that it it took it took a lot to get to that point sometimes it's just scheduling can be so difficult yeah it's really getting some people to actually be able to talk in person at the same time whether it's in the same building or even if they're on the phone but i do a lot of walk and talks that's oh, the that's, that's the West Wing. That's yeah. Aaron Sorkin. That's so the best. I use Tom Weber and I do that. Yeah. We had our first walk and talk day. We talk. loved it. You're it like, was you go awesome. to the bathroom? Cool. I got to tell you something. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's walk. Can you walk with me? Let's do I'm this. You know? <laughs> See, uh, and it drives my wife nuts a little bit because I like to walk with a purpose. Like, she just likes to exercise a lot. I like to exercise with, can I also pick something up while I'm, you know, like, can I walk the dog and then pick up the dry cleaning? Or can Mm -hmm. I, you know, like, hit that little free library? Like, I will, like, I'll stop and buy milk. Like, I like to just multitask, I guess, in that way. Mm -hmm. So the walk and talk is great for me, like, walking the skyways of of downtown Mm -hmm. St. Paul with somebody and talking and then, you know, like, going to the bank or going and picking up food. You hate it when I walk and talk on on the the phone. phone. That's... You hate that. It's the worst. You're having a nervous reaction. Well, do you have a headset on? Are you, like, in here? No, he can't sit still in a chair and talk on the phone. Oh. He has to get up and pace. So back when I used (laughs) to talk on the phone a lot, uh... I, I can relate to that because I would be on the cordless phone, but maybe even yeah. before, like the home cordless phone, sure. and I would also be like rearranging the no, CDs. No, this is just pacing. You know what I mean? You just wear. Do you know who else does it? Ray Donovan. Case closed. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. You just used a Showtime show starring Liam Shriver as your case closed? I mean, at least come at me with like an Emmy winner or something from HBO. I, don't, I haven't seen really, Ray Donovan. It's a really good show. Is it good? Okay. Yeah, it's okay. amazing. Let's go I, to the random questions. Okay. All right. You can dig. I love that your case closed is, is Ray Donovan. <laughs> My case closed is the random questions. <laughs> mine is, mine is uh, Kimmy Schmidt. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She is unbreakable. Would you walk through downtown naked to save a life? Whoa. <laughs> wow. Ooh, put that in wow, there. Wow, that's some deep. That's... Ooh, let me see that. Handwriting. There's a one at the bottom. Does that mean someone else already read that one? There's a mark. No, I no, we don't recycle No, I think these. that's just the pen work. Like, oh. does this pen work? Okay. That's an amazing question. I want to know whose handwriting this is. I have to say, of course I would. In the winter or summer? Uh, it does, I guess it either way, it's say. to save a life, you know? I mean, what if it's how, the life of a murderer? What if it's the oh. life of a... <laughs> yeah, like a what human if it's life? A, what if it's a wrongly you're, accused murderer and they have a Netflix ass- documentary that no one can stop watching? You're assuming about. human life here. Yeah, what if it's a 150-year-old oh, turtle? Are there limits? <laughs> there are Any limits, kind of yes. Life? Yes, I wouldn't do it for someone's hermit crab, okay? <laughs> <laughs> What and I'm not an exhibitionist. No, I, I do not want to walk through downtown naked. Believe me, I do not want to. I don't even want to take my shirt off. I wear like a, a rash guard with SPF 50. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not like flaunting my, you know, pale white skin anywhere. Uh, but I am, I am a person who cares about, I, I assume human life. Uh, it just says a life. It might be a life serial 
cube. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know, could be. I, I gotta say it ends there. I'm gonna say I would walk through downtown naked to save a human life. I, I would save it. I would do it for my pet's life. I don't know okay. if I would do it for others' pets' lives. Look at that face well, over there. Well, maybe I can't say the you name. You can say his name now. <laughs> I'm well, maybe that one. But uh, so yeah, I mean, no, I, I certainly don't want to do it, and I'm glad that this isn't a um, NBC show where then I would now have to now do you this. Have to because now you have to do it. It's like you said it. It's. it's <laughs> yeah, just, okay. Oh, by the way, that was truth right there. <laughs> Welcome to our new podcast. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, would yeah. you guys do it? Do we ever answer these questions too? We do. Do we? I would probably do Redacted. it if it wasn't a. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to play a nope card. For first of all, how often in your life do you get to save a life? No matter whatever reason yeah. you have for not wanting to be naked That's a in really front good of downtown, question. if you, from that point forward, your life is never the same, if it's probably the most important thing you've ever done. And not that you go around bragging about it, and then mm -hmm. you're not doing it for the Purple Heart or anything, but the fact that you know that you made that difference, that you actually saved someone's life. Does like driving safely count? <laughs> by what vehicle would you be saving that person's life by doing that? I wonder. I don't um, think I save. It's a very. Maybe they're being held by a terrorist. I don't who... think I save anybody's life. Wait, like, it, well, is it such a distraction that they're about to be killed and then all of a sudden naked guy comes in yeah. and they're like, well, wait a minute, hold on a second. Hold my phone. Do you guys see this? Look at how pale this dude is. It's like a full moon over here. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight and then I kick him and then the other person gets to escape? <laughs> is that what happens? I mean, I'm thinking like 1989, like from Super Batman. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. what there you go. That's exactly yeah. it. I don't know. All right, so now you get to take your revenge. By leave adding, a question for somebody else. Equally Do I say it out loud or are you just writing? No. It? You and just write it. And we never even hear oh, the question. Oh, we should thank him for being on the show. Oh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for yeah. having me. Well, thanks, I have, actually have one more question. Please do. What? Do you remember what was in the drink that we named after you? <laughs> called oh, El oh yes. Oh, I love it. So you know what's so funny about that? Have you watched Ash vs. Evil Dead? No. Um, do you know about it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So, uh... They call him Hefe on the show, and there's all these. There's all these, they keep saying El Hefe, and it just cracks me up every time. I just love it. I mean, I knew I certainly wasn't the first. I won't be the last. Do you want to I'm say your Twitter handle out loud so that people know why we're calling you El Hefe? Uh, that's one of the reasons. Yeah. So my Twitter handle is Hefe twenty three. Uh, my birthday is two three because uh, Hefe was taken and El Hefe was taken. But my first email address Not ever you're was. The, you're, there were twenty two. Cafes before you. <laughs> uh, yes, and I, and, I was, and there hasn't been a 24th as far as I know until I walk naked through downtown. That's right. Um, so, Mo, my uh, Spanish class, high school, I go in, there's no Spanish equivalent for Jeff. And so right. you, you try to pick your Spanish name, and I said, well, I guess I'll be Jefe. And the teacher was like, no, 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 yo soy el Jefe. And I'm like, what, you know? And then you know, the teacher's like, well, it means boss or chief, so you know, uh, that's me, you can't be Jefe. So I'm like, oh. So I was Pablo, which is Paul, <laughs> which right. is funny. So my, my grandpa is Paul, and now my firstborn son is Paul, and in his nickname online, we call him Pablo. So, uh, so I was Pablo, but I told that story to my brothers, my younger brothers, and so then they ended up calling me Hefe and Hef, <laughs> like for high school on. So I, that's Not been El Hefe, just Hefe. Uh, well, El Hefe would come up every once in a while, but my first email address then when I lived in LA was El Hefe, mm -hmm. um, and I still have it at hotmail.com. So I was like, so <laughs> actually, it was at one too. Okay. So yeah. So I was so super excited when you first brought. This was when I was booking the Aster. Yeah. Oh, and, you want to tell me what's in the drink? And Books yeah. and bars was at. Um, the Bryant Lake Bowl, yeah. and then you decided uh, we worked together to have you come over, bring the event to the Astor, which was awesome. And in honor of that, we made a drink yes. after you with Maddie. He's like a booze genius. Here's what I think was in it, from the best of my recollection. First of all, I think it was eight seventy five. Uh, I, I know I took a picture of it on the menu, so I, I have the I've picture. I've never at paid home. for one. So um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I paid for too many El Hefe's either. I think that was that was one. But of man, I could drink a few of those. I think it had Jameson and Bailey's in it, and cold pressed coffee. It had special Jameson. Special. I don't think it was Jameson. Well, it was. But it had Jameson the, infused. It was the infused because we infused, had those right. like tea infused and. So it was weird, cold like, pressed coffee. So yeah. it had the you so know the cold pressed coffee, Bailey's, and whiskey, infused Jam whiskey. So an infused Jameson or other whiskey. Yeah, and 
Something spicy? No, I think that's it. I think that's it. Ice. Yeah. It was amazing. So it was great because yeah, I was gonna it, make you a winter version, which is that but warm. But we don't have any Bailey's. Oh, that would that would be in nice in the kitchen. Uh, I so I think my goal right now should be to get Indeed, where we do books oh. and bars, to to brew a, an an El Jefe. Do you need to? This of, is gonna be uh, on the internet if yeah. you need to put it on. Indeed, we're having a great time together. Uh, now you've heard sort of where the bar is. I think you know, uh, you know what you've heard. What the Aster did. Uh, if What's you're so inclined, I would love to have um, an Indeed uh, El Jefe or Jefe. Step up, Indeed. Yeah, come That'd on. Be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'll share this with them. Thanks. <laughs> this is my passive aggressive Minnesota way of making a request. Let's do this podcast. I will say. Let me just tune in to this magic. podcast here. Thanks. Good. I still have to write my question. For, that was for reals the last that was question. That was awesome. You can turn us off. You can get us out Thanks, of here. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, humans. This is Early Morning Danger here. Wanting to explain a little bit of the timing and to thank you for listening. This is obviously another longer episode, which we've had a lot of requests for lately. Comment on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or you can leave us a message or comment on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash prohumans, uh, or just at reply us or send us a message on Twitter, and we're at prohumans there as well. Always glad to get feedback from listeners, so just wave us down in a hallway or at an event or wherever and let us know. But when you um, do it in, in writing in one of these places, we're able to refer back to it and, and make sure we're remembering things correctly. So um, we asked Jeff to do his rendition of Fake It Till You Make It prior to Glenn Fry's passing. Um, and Ellie being the lover of music that she is, she wanted to add a little of the original to the back end of this episode. So without any claim to copyright in the spirit of fair use, we present the original version of Fake It Till You Make It. Oh, time.